while we were worshiping, uh, Holy Spirit was really moving here, and I, uh, God started talking to me, and He said, "You have an easy job. As a preacher, you have an easy job. Why?" Because your only job is to make Jesus great. And that's easy. If you have to make yourself great, you probably will have to lie. <laughs> you probably will have to exaggerate things about you. You know, or invent things about you. Or if I have to make... The same applies to you, not just to me. Don't <laughs> if, I, if I have to make you great, you know, I probably will have to, I don't know, invent some things exaggerate, lie, because we all fall short. But the Holy Spirit's ministry and our job as preachers is to make Him great. And we don't make Him great. He's already great. We just have to talk about Him. We just have to say who He is. We just have to say how He loves. We just have to say how great He is, how great He has been to us, how gracious He has been to us. And, I mean, I was there, you know, having a good time, and the Lord reminded me of Abraham when he sent his servant to look for a wife of, uh, for Isaac, his son. And you all know that that servant represents the Holy Spirit sent by a father looking for a wife for his son, Jesus Christ. And he goes there, and, and, and you know, the, the first thing that he does to the, the wife is, you, you, you women know, and he knew how women were. The first thing he, he does to uh, Rebecca, yeah? He gave her jewelry. Gold bracelets and a gold ring for her nose. That, that's, yeah, that's what the Bible says. That's how <laughs> they used to wear like that. And she's like... Then she goes to her family and she, they see, you know, the gold. Oy, who's that guy, you know? And the servant comes. He tells them what's his mission, what he has come for. And then, you know, what, when they accept that she's going to go, she say, the guy takes more gold, garments, everything given to her, you know. And she, have, she haven't met Isaac yet. And that's, this, that's the church, you know. We've been so blessed by God with gifts. I mean, probably not gold, but, <laughs> you know, we don't need gold to fall from the, this roof, hopefully. But we've been so blessed, you know. I mean, He has given us so great things that comes from Jesus. He sent those things to us, gifts, precious things, you know. So that uh, I guess, uh, I don't know if, if she uh, was more excited about him, you know, after receiving all those gifts. What do you think? Yeah? Hey, I want to meet him. He's rich. <laughs> he was rich. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> That's the first thing he says. Abraham was rich. I'm not, and she was not the only one that understood that, but also the family. So we are rich, not because of us, but he has enriched us, you know, and because he wants us to be excited about meeting him. 
when he comes. Let's pray for the message today, shall we? Father, I thank you for this church, what you are doing in this country, how you want to use them in a mighty way through your Holy Spirit. And we lift up Jesus' name today, name above all names, the only worthy to be praised, the only good, the only gracious, the only that doesn't change. We praise you, Father, and we thank you. Amen. Amen. How many of you have heard of the international date line? No dating line. I'm not going to give you a phone number. So, No, no, not international dating line. International date line. Yes, you've heard? It's that line, yeah, in our world that help us know when our day starts. Yeah, and probably you, you are aware of this mainly in, in Christmas time or New Year's Eve when you are preparing, you know, oh, it's a 7, 6 o'clock and you are preparing for New Year's and you turn on the TV and you see that in some countries they are already celebrating New Year's. Why? Because they are closer to that line or even if we can say they are already in the future celebrating. Amen? They are in the future. And if you know, usually, uh, I know that deadline is close to some islands that nobody knows, but I think the biggest country that we may know is New Zealand. It's like the first one. Then Russia, some parts of uh, Australia too. And how many of you know when, uh, where does that, uh, the day ends? In which country? Mm -hmm. We know it starts in New Zealand, you know, but there's a, a beginning and there's an end. But don't worry, you don't have to know because there are some islands that I, I think only animals live there. But just for the sake of knowing, is the, the islands are called Howland and Baker. That's where the day ends. And we have 24 hours in our day. So the beginning is New Zealand and the end is those Islands and time is very important. Actually, we could travel in time. Yeah, we could travel in time and we could take advantage of this time traveling. Let's say I was in New Zealand and I needed to fulfill a task at 8 a.m., it was the task of my life to fulfill it at 8 a.m. And I was just, I don't know, I was tired, careless, and the time came, and I failed, miserable. I wasn't aware, I was thinking about other things, I was in love, I don't know, any reason that will make you forget things. So I can stay there, you know, crying, <laughs> you know, I failed. But what if I just travel back in time to the West, yeah? I said, my goal was to do this at 8 a.m. Now it's 9, it's 10, it's too late. No, it's not too late. Just travel fast, take a plane or something, go somewhere where it's 7 o'clock and just wait till 8. 
And when eight comes, you are ready. And you do what you failed to do before, so you had a second chance. A second chance. And of course, please, I don't want anybody to start a time traveling ministries here, you know, or, oh, Gustavo preached about that, you know, I'm going to sell tickets to the future, you know, a scam. No, 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 please. That's not the reason why I am mentioning all this thing. But if you are ahead of time, you know what is going to happen. If you are ahead of time, you know what is going to happen. And let, let me give you an example. You are in New Zealand again. And there is a super volcano there that erupts, you know, and send ashes to the air that they are going to contaminate all the earth when the earth is moving towards, towards that area. So I could call you from the future to warn you. Hey, this is Gustavo. Let's say I call Pastor Lee. Pastor Lee, this is Gustavo. Where are you? I am in New Zealand. I'm calling you from the future. Hey, what are you doing? Yes, I just want to warn you that you're going to be in trouble. Ashes will come to your place and darkness is going to cover the, the, the clouds, you know, and it's going to be poisonous. So please prepare. Get a mask, get, you know, some food because... Something bad is coming out. It's coming your way. Well, he has two options now. He either believes me, or he may go out, you know, look at the sky. That was crazy. Everything seems fine. Everything looks perfect. It's a sunny day today. Nothing is going on. Why is he... No, no. It's going to happen. So he has two options. Either he believes me or he is led by what he sees, by what he feels, by his reality in that moment. In that moment. So I can assure you, using that example, of what will happen to you because it had already happened. I am giving you the assurance of what will happen to you because it had already happened even though you have not experienced it. But it has already happened. And when you read the Bible, for example, if you want to read the last book of the Bible, Revelations, is that the future? Is that the past? Is that the present? Is present and future? Where was, where was John? And we know what the Bible says, what is written. He, he's, uh, uh, the, the reason of revelation was, it says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him, to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. As past, present, or future. It's the future. I'm going to show you what is the things that must soon take place. So when you read the Word of God, you see that. You see many times past, 
You see many times present, and you see many times future. And in Revelations, it's the only place where we read these things. This revelation about Jesus Christ, when he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. That's Revelations 22, 13. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the first and last, and he's the beginning and the end. So everything happens in him, in Jesus. And not only that, because you know the definition of God in itself is that God is eternal. Right? He doesn't have a beginning, and he's everlasting. He doesn't have an end. But why Jesus says in that book that he is the beginning and that he is the end? And as I said before, we, we, we as human beings living in this earth, we just have 24 hours from the beginning to the end. But God doesn't work like that. He doesn't see things like that. He sees everything in his son. His son is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and Omega. Jesus is the beginning and end of everything. History, creation, and time. And now, go with me to Revelation 21st, please. Chapter 21, verse 5. It says, Revelation 21, verse, verse 5, it says, And he who was seated on the thr throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Amen? He says, I am making, now, I am making all things new. This is where uh, John was, was, was seeing this in, in Revelation. Also, he said, write this down. For these words are what? Trustworthy and true. And he said to me, what did he say? It is done. No, it will be done. It is done. Even though it's the future, it is done. It is done already. And again it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. And to Thursday I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. And you will see this kind of language in all the Bible. Actually, if you pay attention. And... We, while we were in, in Tennessee with the, in the, with the ministers, uh, Pastor Lee asked a question for uh, discussion. Uh, and it was, what, what is the, the greatest need, the greatest challenge that the church has? The church has this 
this time this year. And the first one that uh, shared was Brother Peter Spackman. And do you, the ones that were there, do you remember what he said? He said, unbelief. Unbelief. This is the greatest problem for Christians in general. Unbelief, we don't believe his word. We don't believe what he says. Why is that? Why, why we don't believe what God says? Because in, in some way we believe that God is like us. That when he has said something, it will depend on his feelings about it. It will depend on situations that surround us. It will depend on things that probably we need to do, we need to fulfill. And if many things, you know, come in, in accordance, then he will do what he has promised to do. But we have to understand, as in the example, that when God says something, it is done for him. And he's not depending now in, in his, I mean, he's already giving us his will. It's not that he will feel if he, is, if he really meant what he said. When he says something, the same way that in Revelations he says, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and then he said, it is done. So as it is done, then, as, as the example that I, I'm in the future in New Zealand, we just have to wait for the time that it will happen, that we will see what he says. But the Bible says that he, God is not man, that he should lie, or a son of man, that he could, that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? When God says something, it's because it, for him, it's done. And he knows that it doesn't depend on you. His word is too high for you. His word is too high for you because he says the Bible that he has exalted his name and his word above all things. And we are here. So we, we, we really have nothing to do with his word. We may have opinions about his word. But as God said to Job, who, I mean, when, when did I ask your opinion? Remember? Practically, the two, three chapters, God is telling you, did I ask you to do this? Do you know how this happened? It's too high for us. But when God says something, it is done. So we understand now, Pastor Lee was sharing a little about this in the first service, we understand, understand faith. What is faith? 
Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Pastor Lee, be prepared. I don't see it. It has already happened. I don't feel it. I don't see it. You are the only one telling me this. Of course, faith in God, faith in His Word. In the Spanish uh, Bible, uh, this, this verse says, Faith is the certainty of the things you wait for. Which is the same probably than hope. But it's more clear that you are waiting for your time. But it's coming. And you, because you know that it's coming, is that you are certain about that. Super certain. And the Amplified Bible says, Now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation, of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Well, this seems like a easy to understand definition, but another thing is to live it. You see, it's another level. I mean, I understand this. But do I live like that? Do I live by faith? So what about God's promises for you in His Word? You know how we handle usually God's promises. I mean, there used to be that uh, little box of promises. Do you remember? Any of you still have that little box of promises in your kitchen, in your house? Oh. A little girl says yes. Why? Because as soon as those things came out, everyone was like, I don't know how you can just read promises, you know, like uh, candies and, and, you know, you need to know the whole counsel of God and you need to be a good uh, Christian, Pentecostal, you know, and suffer for Christ. Not just his promises, but he, you also need to know his sufferings, you know. Yeah, maybe true. But if you even don't know his promises, you're still lacking. I mean, I need to know his promises. Okay, I'm not going to eat just his promises. That, will, that wouldn't be my whole, uh, what I, my spirit only needs. But I need to know his promises. Because it's something that God has done for me. And he paid the price for that. The new covenant, he paid the price for me to get those promises. So I need to know their promises. I, of course, I need a balanced diet. I, I won't only live by his promise. But I need to know them. And I don't know if his promises... It will be protein or, car or, carb or, or uh, carbs. I don't know because uh, uh, Felix knows that. But I need to know his promises. I need to know. Because that's something that he has done for us. 
And if I don't know them, I will miss them. I will miss them. Of course, we were in Hayden's wedding, uh, Hayden's and Brianna wedding. A week ago. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and it comes the time of, of the vows, you know, and promises, actually. I promise to love you, cherish, submit, obey. I don't know, whatever you want to put there, you know. I'm not saying man or woman, just in case. But even with all our hardest resolution as human beings, how many of you have fallen short of those promises? You married people. I mean, I meant it when I thought, when I said, with all my heart, I said, but we fall short because sometimes we wake up, you know, and we are, uh, no grumpy, or we are hungry, or we are fasting. That's the worst time that you can, you know, be nice when you are fasting. That's the worst time. Or when you come from a long trip, also, you're tired, bad time to ask for things. <laughs> so we fall short of our promises. And sometimes I think that's probably how we think that God is. You know, he's, he has promises, but he de he's depending on some things. What he promised, he has done it. You can trust him. You can trust him completely. When God says something, it is done. His promises go, his word go beyond, you know, anything that happens. When God his, says something, for him is, is, is his character. He cannot lie. He cannot lie. So when he says, it's not like us, you know. How many of you promise your your son or your daughter's things that you never fulfill. Yeah? I'm going to buy you this. I'm going to do this for you. No, we, we fail. When God has something, he, he cannot fail. Because that's his character. He can fail. And faith is the assurance and conviction of what he has said. Even though I don't see it, or I don't experience it. That's why Paul said, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but has proved to be yes in him, true and faithful, the divine yes, affirming God's promises. That's the Amplified Bible, 2 Corinthians 1.19. Because he's saying, you know, people usually say yes and no. He was talking about, you know, uh, preachers and even our intention with you, you know. So yes and no. And says, God is not like that. He's not like that. He's not yes and no. His promises are yes in him. For as many as are the promises of God, in Christ they are all yes. 
So through him we say our amen to the glory of God. Heaven and earth, he said, will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So you can trust him totally. You can trust his word because it's his character manifested in what he says. So that, that means that some people come out sometimes with some conclusions, you know. Okay, if that's true, then what is going to happen is going to happen. Because God said, and it's just going to happen. Whatever I do, you know, and I just, even if I don't want, it's going to happen. Like uh, some guys, not all, but some guys in that, uh, that group that start with C. And, it's, and ends with Albinist. Have you heard of them? They say, you know, God's sovereign, so. God says uh, it's going to happen, so even if you don't want it, it's gonna, you, you're going to receive it. Thank God that we have a Bible <laughs> to read. Thank God that we have a Bible to read. No, it's not like that. That's why we talk about faith. And Hebrews 6, 11 and 12 says, And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness, to have the full assurance of hope until the end. 12, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience Inherit the promises. Everybody inherit the promise? No. No. I'm sorry. Even the Bible in that Hebrews 11, he says that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. What about those who don't seek him? Is he going to reward them? No. No. Even though he's arms are for everybody. His grace is for everybody. He's waiting on your response. He cannot make you love him. I mean, he he's loving. It says, for those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Faith and patience. You probably, if you are waiting for some of God's promises, probably you will have to be patient too. And not just have faith, but also be patient. So when God said to Abraham that he will have a son, for God it was a done deal. But what happened in, in real, in every day? I don't have a son. Sarah came, you know, hey, we're not having a son. We're getting old. Take my servant, what Pastor Lee was mentioning. Take my servant, you know, let's, let's try to help God. When God said, for him was done. When 
God told his people, I have given you the promised land. No, of the land that I promise. You see, God says, God didn't say, I will give you. He said, I already have given it to you. And what? why they didn't inherit the land? Because they saw those giants. They saw those giants. What is the greatest enemy of faith? Sight. Because I usually fear after I see something. And Paul said we walk by faith and not by sight. I mean fear of course too. But if I don't see giants, I say, oh this is easy. The thing is after seeing giants, believe God. He said to his people, when you see an army that is greater than you, then he said what? Fear not. But first, you see. And that's our problem. That even though we know God's word, even though we know what he says, and even though we have received sometimes specific promises for you. Amen? That's the precious thing about God. That uh, I'm not following Abraham's promises to have another son. I'm good with three. I don't know, Felix, if you're expecting Abraham's promise again. <laughs> but that promise doesn't apply to me, you know, because it's a specific. But even God can take these specific promises and said, I'll give you this. This promise is for you. Take it. God, but I see the opposite. I see what you say. Actually, what I see happening is the opposite of what you have promised me. That's our warfare. Are we going to believe? He said that he's coming back. You know, there has been, uh, well, you cannot trust those polls, you know. All those uh, studies that say this percent of the church says that they believe in the, uh, how do they know? They never visited my church to ask me. You know how many people don't believe that Christ is coming back? Christians? Do you know how many people don't believe in hell? Christians? Do you know how many people don't believe in heaven? Christians? They don't believe he's coming back. But what he said, he's coming back. It's done. So we have to prepare for that. That's all. He also said that he will return for a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Do you see it, Pastor Lee? Not yet. And we don't know how it's going to happen, but it will. 
And I'm excited to be part of that church. And I can prepare myself to be part of that church. Because he said it, and it could happen quick. In one year, the whole church in the face of the earth could change totally. Completely. The same way that Esther was prepared for one year to meet the king. In one year, there could be a revival sweeping this land. So we wait for it. We wait for it. What if you are here today and you feel you feel that you feel lost? You feel inadequate. You feel that you don't have what it takes to give it to God. That maybe in the church there's there's a group you know that they they are the favorites of God or they're like the like in the army you know the elite group of God you know they are the ones that are doing good they are the ones that are faithful they are the ones that are happy but it's like my life is like in another lower level. Do you know that's not true? Do you know that God has promises for you? That if you come to Him, He will take you? Even though you have all those lies of the devil in your head. That He can save you? Why did God save you? Why did God save you? He has not only seen your beginning. He already has seen the end. And your end is glorious in Him. It's glorious in Him. I know we, oh, I, I slow down that process many times, you know. It's my fault. But God said, I will save Him. My calling is without repentance. I will save Him and I will, I, I will do everything I need to do in His life. So that he becomes what I have planned for him. That's why he saved me. Oh, I mean, I'm still in the middle. I, I haven't finished. But it is done. My salvation is secure in him. And without faith to finish, it is impossible to please him. For whoever will... For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he is six and that he rewards those who seek him. Sister Carla said that when she was singing that we have to believe that God, God's love, God's grace, God's hand is for us. And we don't have to believe the lies that the devil says. So if you need salvation, come to him. Everything that you need, come to Him. Seek for His promises. If He has said it, let the Holy Spirit make that real to your life. Make it person. The Holy Spirit can make it personal to you. Please, if we can stand all in our feet, musicians can come, please. And if it says that without faith. It is impossible to please him. 
I, I can tell you this. When you believe him, he, he is pleased. He gets happy. He is glad. When he can see you and, you, and he sees that you trust his word, you trust his word, even though you don't see, even though you don't feel, even though it's not still a reality in your life, you trust him. So if you're coming to the altar, come and love him, believe him, tell him what you're believing for, tell him that you believe in him, that you are waiting for his promises, that you will prepare. Like when God told Noah, Noah, rain is coming. He believed, but he didn't stay in his seat. He didn't stay in his place. He believed, and he started to prepare his life for what is coming. How do I know that you believe his word because you are preparing yourself for what he wants to do in your life. Love him. Remember his promises to you. Remember what he has said to you in the secret place. Yes, I know there are so many other voices and, and the devil, you know, is he's a liar. God can't lie. So remember, refresh your spirit with what he has already told you in the secret because God cannot lie he's not a man that he should lie he would lie hallelujah Jesus oh you are the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end everything is in you Everything is according to your plan. But we believe this, Lord. We give you our lives. We give you... I mean, we just have to respond to what you want to do. Is this your great will for us? Is this your grace for us? Is this your desire for us that we need? And God, help us believe you. Holy Spirit, finish... You will finish that work that you have started in our life, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for that hope that we have in your word. Thank you for that assurance that we can have in your word, Father. Even if we don't see, Father, we, are, we, we can be sure of what you said, Father. Because your word is so high above everything. And heaven and earth shall pass, but your word will remain. Thank you, Jesus. You are exalted above everything. And everything was created for you, Father. By you and for you, Jesus.